It is time to expand your salon, but what does that mean? Hey, it's Kayla, and I am your host of the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast, and on with me today is Danielle Cherwick. Back on with me today is Danielle. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Hey, Kayla. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me again. I will take up any chance that I can to uh, soak up some of your energy and just be a part of serving the industry with you, so thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I love this has been I I enjoy hanging out with you guys and learning more. I mean, I have learned so much more about the industry and about the advice that you guys have in the last couple of months. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, I invited Danielle on here because I wanted to pick her brain on expanding. Danielle, how many salons do you have? I have three salons and a school. Wow. Yeah. So you've definitely expanded a lot. And you've how long have you owned your I know you're a second generation owner, but how long have you specifically owned your salon? Yeah. So um we purchased a really small existing location um, just 14 years ago. And wow. then um, our the headroom, so we rebranded and expanded. Um, and that celebrated its 10th anniversary at the beginning of this year, so January 2023. Wow. So you bought it for five years, kind of had it, and then five years later, you expanded it even bigger, the one you had. Yeah. So it was, it was four years, and we... We're in a little tiny location. It was actually like the corner of a woman's gym had a slow. And so that's where we started. And it was about hmm, 700 square feet um, in that wow. in that little corner. And that included all, all of our space. And there was also a little aesthetics room in that space too that was rented separately. So that's where I started. Um, and like we maxed that space and we knew that we needed to grow. And that's when we did a full, like a full new location and rebranding. Um, in a wow. space. Did you keep the old salon or did you just start a new one? Yeah, we started a new one. The gym, um, it had changed over, changed ownership. Uh, and so it was, it was just a time to move on. Yeah. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about expansion in general. Like, so there's a bunch of different ways to expand. So if you reach a point in your salon and you're like, okay, it's time to grow in some capacity, did you talk to me? Like what's different ways that people can expand themselves? Well, um, I think that there's generally a lot of room to expand. It really depends on what you're wanting to grow. Like expansion can look like I'm going to shift my business to only work on one specific niche, or I'm just mm -hmm. going to grow my average ticket with the ex existing clients that I have. Um, maybe expanding hours. So we're open seven days a week. Um, you know, most of those days are 12 hour days, a little bit shorter on the weekends. Um, and so you, there's a lot of different ways to expand and we've kind of gone through them in a very small, um, very small scale. So in our original location, we were only open, um, five days a week. And then in that location, we had expanded to seven days a week and then wow. we outgrew. So you can grow in a lot of ways without just changing locations or having multiple businesses. Yeah. Now, so when you're thinking about expanding, like, so those who are listening, what, when do you know, like, is there certain steps that you want to take? Like, okay, here's my one location. Can I add a couple chairs? And then, you know, like where, where do you start to gauge when you're ready to expand? I know you had said that it's when, like, it depends on which direction you want to go, but how do you start to gauge what that looks like? <laughs> for I kind of laugh because for me, I always have to check my ego a little bit. Like what is the intention of expansion? <laughs> I want to be like this, you know, um, when we purchased the school, I was like, like, what is the intention? Like, how does that serve us? How does that serve our team? How does that serve our community? Not yeah. just like, am I like a salon and school owner, which I mean, for sure, I'm super proud of it. Um, and I think that I can be transparent enough to say, like, I did have to check that. Um, and so that's kind of the, the first thing that 
I have to look at personally. And then the next thing is like the intention behind it. Can it be served some in a different way? Um, because oftentimes expansion means investment. And mm. so expansion in business can sometimes mean decrease in profit um, a little, mm. a little while um, or sometimes for a long while. And so like, are there ways within our company that we can hit those those goals and intentions based on the resources that we already have. Can we, um, like you said, I, I love that you already touched on it. You said, can we add more stations to our current location? Can we add more hours to our current schedule and expand in that way? Um, and so I would always look at now when we're, when we're growing or when we're talking about scaling, um, we, those would be the things that we would look at. Like, how can we maximize what we currently have? Yeah. So you would say start there, like means like you have a building, a salon already. How can you grow that salon and then max out all the potential for that salon before then being like, okay, now let's look at another building, a bigger space, because there is a lot to grow. But if you, if you haven't maxed out that space and you take that profit cut, it could sink you in expanding your salon. Yeah, totally. And so if the intention is to grow, to expand your income, I think that that often is the expectation, but like, more overhead doesn't equal more money all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I really check that. And, you know, I really, I think that we can be really biased in our company and like we get really attached to our dreams of expansion. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. bringing in somebody like um, Doug is one of my coaches inside the Academy, like having him have um, a, uh, an unemotional overview to look at those plans was really important for me too. Wow. Yeah, to have like somebody who's been through it, somebody who's has a lot of experience, somebody to look over and be like, is this the right move for you um, before just kind of jumping into it? Um, I love that. I've honestly never really thought about that of, you know, making sure that, yeah, you've maxed out where you're at because I love how you touched on like, yeah, your ego, you'd be like, oh, I want to own multiple locations and be like, this one's kind of getting boring. I just want to open another one. Um, But if you don't set yourself up the right way before you get there, then yeah, it could be very detrimental to that. So let's talk a little bit more about different ways of expanding. So we talked about putting in more chairs, opening up your hours. Um, did you bring on shareholders? Cause you have, how many shareholders do you have in your salon? Yeah. Um, we have, we brought on two shareholders. Um, and so I have myself and I have two partners now with me and I brought them in after the second location, but the, yeah. that conversation started when the conversation of the second location started. And so um, it really looked like, okay, if we're going to expand, what is, it wasn't just like, what is the overhead? What is the workload that I'm about to take on? And is that Mm. worth the lifestyle that I think that it can provide? And I mean, um, I know you have uh, uh, little kids and so do I, and I want to be a big part of their life. And I also love to travel and I have a lot of personal goals too. And so it was like, I need some, somebody else to be a part of this. If I'm going to grow, it needs to be, um, it needs to be meaningful. I want to uphold a certain standard in my business. I'm sure lots of people listening have the same thing. Like we have, you know, a standard that we want to operate at and like, realistically, could I uphold that standard on my own? I don't think so. And, um, then the other thing that came to mind when I brought on shareholders was that, um, as the company expands, um, what happens if something happens to me um, mm. with two little kids and a husband who's not involved in our industry? 
Like he was like, like, oh, I don't want it. And so I was like, yeah, that would be a burden for you. It might be a blessing for, for a different spouse, but for mine, it would have been a, a, like a massive workload. Like, Hey, now I just lost my wife and now I'm with two and I hate to be so like morbid. <laughs> well, yeah, totally fine. Like, you know, that was a conversation. Like, you know, if, if something happened to me, um, he's got two little kids, like he doesn't need to be worrying about 45 salon, um, staff and I love yeah. my staff. So that was also concerning for me, for them. So what happens to them? And so, um, a big part of our shareholder purpose was creating, um, protection for, for my legacy, for my legacy of my family, but also for my legacy of my salon team. Wow. I love hearing you talk about like just how much process and thought went into what, like when you're expanding and before you even took that leap, what you needed to do to set it up and how, like, I love how you said you wanted to like, keep, um, the standards that of the the salon that you built already and and have that just flow into the bigger salon. And honestly, hearing you say like, I don't think I could do it on my own and knowing that you needed support, like those are huge things to consider. And I know that we, you know, building this industry, a lot of people like they feel like, you know, like not, not everybody understands what it's like to be in this industry. You know, it's a very female run, like mo mostly like and so that there's a lot of pushback on that kind of stuff. And so to be able to say like, yeah, I can't do it alone or even to find the support or I love how you said to think about like, yeah, what's going to happen to my stylist, something happened to me. Um, so that's huge. So when you made all these processes um, or when you had the process and I, if what if something happens to me, can I do it on my own? I want to still live my life. How long did you process that? Did you take into consideration things before you started to expand? That whole process took us three years. So wow. like the, and you know, to be honest, that was always a goal for me in my business to have shareholders because I wanted, I wanted that as a stylist where I was working before I opened my company. I was like, I want to be a partner. Like I want to, that, that was something that I was driven to. And so I wanted to make sure, I mean, I, I would hope like as a hairstylist opening a business, oftentimes we want to provide the things that we wanted as a service provider. And so that was something that I wanted. So that was always in the back of my mind when I opened. Um, yeah from like the point from us having the conversation, the three of us um, mm -hmm. actually taking place was, it was a three-year process. And I just wow. had a lot of things to clean up in my business. Like you just yeah. do things like take, um, you know, I will call them like toilet paper bonuses or things like that. Like when you're doing stuff like that from your bonus, from your business, it needs to be super clear because um, I didn't want to be like, okay, you know, five toilet papers for me and one for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we wanted <laughs> a solid, um, like a, a solid business, then the, I wanted it, it to be very clear for them what they were buying into and what the, the perks were. So we started with profit sharing options with them to kind of just feel that out and start to sort those systems. Um, and then that also, like we had some delays cause it was, it was in 2020. So, you know, we won't go there, mm -hmm. but you can imagine yeah. that caused some delays. Yeah, no kidding. That's right. Cause yeah, this puts you at like, um, yeah, that, that would make sense. So when you brought on your shareholders, did you know, like, are these people who started with at your salon with you? How long did they work for you? How do you know they were the ones? You know, we, we are a very mission driven salon and we have a leadership team and they served in that leadership team. Um, actually we were just joking the other day. So, um, when we put a value on our company, um, you know, we kind of looked at those numbers and my husband's like, what about all your blood, sweat and tears? And one of my partners was like, um, if we're counting blood, sweat and tears, I for sure have put in the most and she really had, like she had done, and she had done like a lot of the, um, 
she had done a lot of the setup for our second location. So like, you know, assembling furniture and she'll be like scaling to our roof to get down the Christmas tree. And she does a lot of those. Oh things. So she really has, um, she's also Aww. more of a crier than I am. So she's like, I'm crying all the time. in this <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> tears. We were just a, a fit in that way. Um, one had relocated to our company. So she relocated to where we lived, um, and was an existing stylist. Um, okay. And the other one we had grown from, um, she started on our front desk and then that inspired her to go to hair school. And so she had grown with our company. Both of them have been with our company for one for 10 years and the other one with for um, eight and a half years they've been with us. And so one of our um, shareholder requirements is that they're with our company for five years and are full-time working within our company. We were looking for people who want to grow the company from within not, yeah. not a financial investment. And so those, that criteria was really important. Yeah. That they wanted to grow more than, yeah, the money. I love that. Now are you open? Like, are you looking for more shareholders? Are you, are you set where you're at and you're kind of sitting there? You know, that's something that we'll gauge with our team on an ongoing basis. I think we have a few people who have some interest, um, and what that looks like for the long-term of our company, it will really depend on our people and the opportunity opportunities that they're looking for. Um, yeah. One, and one of the reasons why we've grown our company is because people have wanted opportunity to grow within our company. And if I stayed small, like there's only so many management jobs, there's only so many educator jobs, there's only so much that we could offer. Yeah. And so a lot of the growth has really been just about um, what the team has wanted to grow. And so I'm yeah. very much like, if you have an idea, like let's implement it, but like you are not like, Hey, bring an idea. You own it. I'll do all of it. Um, and like, you know, like I love giving the power back to them to implement and um, maintain those, those roles. I love that. I love, yeah. Like saying, yeah, if you have an idea, you own it and you make it come to ha come to life. Um, I love how much um, intentionality you have with your stylist of wanting to create not only your career and grow yourself and have the goals that you want, but also to have your, to help your stylist have the goals and careers that they want and to grow themselves. And when you, they have an opportunity or they're like, yeah, I want something, then you listen to them and you're like, okay, well, how can I create within my control? How can I create something that they can start to grow? And then you guys have grown. I mean, yeah, three salons in a school, that's some growth. That's a lot of growth. Um, I love that. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk specifically about expanding into another salon and what that looks like and how to prepare for that. So stick around. We're going to be right back. Are you ready to increase your retention and revenue and convert website traffic to clients? Then you're ready for Maya. Maya creates better business relationships by pairing the right clients with the right beauty professionals. Use promo code HPSA for your first two months free. Visit joinmaya.com to get started. Sustain Beauty Co. has two of the best tools to help you save water, time, and a bunch of money. Join the clean water salon movement with EcoHead's water-saving shampoo nozzles and scrummy plant-based microfiber towels. Available at sustainbeauty.co. Hey, HPSA listeners, let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 
to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. We're Forest, born on the salon floor and built for and by hair and beauty professionals like you. Forest is your marketing, your reporting, your reputation management. You need one easy to use system that does it all. Forest, together we grow. Welcome back to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. I'm hanging out with Danielle Cherig. We are talking about expanding your salon. Danielle has three salons and a school, and we had a great conversation about shareholders. So if you missed the first half, go back and re-listen because it was really golden. Um, but now we're going to talk specifically about expanding into a whole nother salon, whether that's changing, opening a, a new building with bigger space or opening a second location. Because um, Danielle, you've done both. You expanded, you've moved into a bigger location and then you've opened more locations. Um, so what specifically on um, talking about like opening a second salon, what did that process kind of look like? So one of the things that started happening in our company is we would hit a milestone and then we would regress. And then we were hitting a milestone and we would regress. So then um, we just really had to lean into like, why are we having an overturn? Um, and mm-hmm. something that came up for us as we continued to just indulge in and, you know, invest in professional education and just like business education was that I was, I realized we would come up to like an 80% capacity. Um, an 80% capacity in a salon is really busy. Um, like salons can be a sensory overload regardless. And we have a fairly big space. And so when we would get over 80% capacity, these are the things that would start to happen. Clients wouldn't have great availability. So they'd start shopping elsewhere. Stylists Mm. wouldn't have great flexibility with their schedule. Um, You know, even our back room would be cluttered. Like, you know, there's no more coat hangers. There's no more um, room to put boots. And like, it's not like, just like we needed some more coat hangers. Like we solved that first. Like it really was like, and my team's not hanging out in the back room, but you know, when you have 12 stylists who are working in, in a shift and they all need to take some breaks and lunch and, you know, different things at different times. And like, we have the people sitting on milk crates in the back, like, you know, like, okay. So then it's not giving that, that luxury employee experience. Yeah. And it kind of just feels cluttered and clogged. Yeah, totally. And then the other thing from a, from a management standpoint is I wanted to grow my role as a manager. And in order to have a manager salary of a certain level, you need to have sales of a certain level. So we needed to grow that. I also had people in my company who wanted some management um, opportunities. And so when we start looking at the overhead that would be available to create those positions in our company, we needed to expand. And um, I can share a little bit about like, we did look at expanding. Um, do we expand our square footage? Cause we were in a strip mall and our neighboring space was available. Oh, wow. Or do we go to a second location? And we did explore both options. Um, ultimately what it came down to for us is because we're in a strip mall and we pay per square foot, the cost per square foot was, it was a very similar um, having one location versus one bigger location versus two. Um, We could share a lot of subscriptions and scale and a lot of things like um, we have VoIP phone lines. We actually only have one phone line and it's like press one for this location, press two. Um, There was a lot of expenses that we could share now between the two locations. and having them in two spaces expanded our demographic versus the one space. We thought that that might be harder to get the guest count that we would need 
to incur those higher overhead costs. Yeah. Wow. So when you were, so you, yeah, went into clock considerations. I love, there's so much, I don't want to say technical, but there was a lot of thought into what would this look like in long-term? Like you were thinking like the future, like in the end of the day, when this is all said and done, what, what does the end result look like? And so you start to consider those options. Um, and I love that you said um, that you, yeah, like you could reach a different demographic. So when you built, when you opened your second location, was it also the headroom? Did it have a completely different vibe? Did you, was it just a location number two? What'd that look like? Um, it's funny, like it has a different vibe, I would say. And one of the biggest things is one salon, it's like it one salon is 14 or is, is 10 years old and the other salon is four years old. So, you know, the amount of things that change with aesthetic are very different. Mm-hmm. We were very intentional about putting some like very key experiences from each location. So we have like a very interactive and collaborative color bar. Um, mm-hmm. We have a very big retail space for a very, very big retail salon. And so some of those experiences are very similar. The vibe is very different just based on this, this space, um, yeah. and the people within it, because, you know, um, you know, you think about like companies that have multiple locations like Starbucks, you want that same experience every single time. But when we're talking about a service-based industry, it, like, like hair, where it's so creative, there needs to be some room to let the creativeness of stylists come out. And so they have a big effect on the vibe too. Yeah. I love that. Did you take some of your stylists? So when you, so you had a second location, it was, it was created and designed and all that stuff. Did you staff that completely new or did you have some stylists go back and forth and then hire? What'd that look like for your staffing? We had a few go back and forth at the beginning and we realized that that was like not a great lifestyle for them <laughs> or for their clients. It was like, and we did, we did all the things like we were, we were sending a text message. We were sending reminders, but having stylists go back and forth was, it was hard on them. It was hard on their tools because every time and like for any service provider that's traveling with their tools, like, you know, that there gets some, like some, you know, moving around, there's like things get busted, lost, different things like that. So that was a trick for them. And it's not so easy always to just have multi, like you can have, you know, we would supply blow dryers, but even just to be packing up your shears and all that stuff, or like, God forbid, I forgot my shears at that location, my clients at that location. Um, oh, no. clients were showing up at one location, the service provider's like, no, it's my day at this location. It was kind of like an ongoing, uh, it caused a bit more chaos than what we liked. And we found that the service provider didn't really have a lot of ownership in their location, mm-hmm. um, and just less stability. So as much yeah. as they thought it would be like this adventure to be able to travel from location to location, um, sometimes like that travel adventure is not so glamorous. <laughs> This is not always greener on the other side. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so we did try and grow a few. Like I said, we were over capacity in our current locations. We did have a few that that um, that needed, like, or that were intended to move over a lot who, like, lived in that area where it'd be, like, now their commute would be less or different things like that. Um, yeah. And it would really provide their lifestyle. We're in a small community, so it's, like, it's really 10 minutes. It's 10 yeah. minutes to from some from salon to salon so it's not huge but for us if we had ones who were you know commuting 10 minutes or we have now some that are commuting up to 40 minutes from oh. the north um that would cut cut down on there you know when we can cut yeah. down by 10 15 minutes it's yeah 
No kidding. I love throughout this whole time with you, I've really just realized how much you took into consideration and like you tried things like, okay, we're going to plan this and then, okay, this isn't working. So how do we change it? Like you caring so much about the stylists and their well being and way of life. And I think that that's what has like definitely contributed to the success of, of your business and growing. Cause you've had, I mean, you, you have had a lot of your stylists for a long time, right? They've stuck with you since for a long time. Yeah, we do. I have um, some who have been like right from the beginning. Um, and then we for sure have seen a lot of people who have moved on. So we're in a community, we're in a very young community. So um, I think like the average age where I live is about 30, which is like wow. prime baby years. So, you know, we have 45 employees right now, six are pregnant. Um, Whoa, something was in their water. <laughs> yeah. And um, where, we, where we are in, in Canada, like our maternity leaves are 12 to 18 months. And so that is the biggest contributor to our attrition. Oh. Like we see some stylists who move on and sometimes they want to stay with their kiddos, but um, sometimes they come back to work. But that's probably one of the biggest things that we're always growing. Wow. 12 to 18 months. That's crazy. I'm going to move to Canada. That sounds great. <laughs> um, it's so funny how different, like, I mean, I'm in California, so it's like how different states have different things, but that's amazing. 12 to eight. I mean, I think I got three months. Actually, I work from home, so it's different. Different story. Anyway, um, but that's really cool. So when you um, were transitioning, because I love how much you thought ahead, like what kind of things did you not prepare for that you, that came up as you were expanding that you were like, oh man. I always say like the biggest cost surprises for me from when I went from like a stylist to a salon owner was signage and mm. I was like foil costs how much <laughs> so I, those were kind of my biggest the other ones like I had done a lot of research um I remember like in beauty school we had to you know research a salon and all the costs and um my parents were entrepreneurs and so I had a lot of insight to some of some of those things um and so that helped prepare me for some, for some expenses. Um, I think, oh, some of the biggest surprises, I mean, there's been things along the way, um, for sure that, you know, it's like never a dull moment, like, you know, um, client experiences have been, you know, massive, how we can grow people to new levels that, you know, by scaling the way that we did. I think probably one of the biggest surprises and achievements, and I don't know that it was a surprise, but like sometimes it's a goal that just seems so far away that you just don't know that you would ever achieve it. But having service providers outgrow me has been one of the coolest things um, and biggest surprises and gifts from, from expansion. Wow. That's huge. That's a, it's a really cool thing to admit and a really cool thing to see and to find it as like a really cool thing that you know that you're growing the lives of the people who work for you, which is huge. Um, I want to talk a little bit. We have a couple minutes left. Uh, how, how did it look like um, telling your clients? Like, did you announce it? Was it a big thing? Did you kind of, did you keep it on the hush? Like, well, how did that client interaction go? Did you lose any clients? What'd that look like? I mean, I'm sure we lose clients all the time, you know, like same, like any other, any other company. Um, I, I think as a salon company, we expanded our clientele, but for service providers individually, like the ones who relocated, it's just the same as any other, um, you know, when you relocate salon on average, we see about a 20% dip. Um, yes. Fortunately, we have a really strong marketing so we can, you know, start to 
re-pour into them. I mean, we're really intentional about like, okay, if a stylist is planning on moving from location to location, um, how can we support that as much yeah. as possible? Um, I, we always shared with our team that that was a goal, that we wanted to be multi-location and that we wanted to create these opportunities with clients. We didn't announce anything until like leases were secured and everything. Cause I think we looked at probably four or five, like quite seriously at four or five locations. Um, wow. You know, before you settled on one. Yeah. And we, we had a lease agreement in place for one location and then they're like, Oh, you're a salon and we don't want salons. Like they're it's bad business. You'll probably walk out on us. And oh man. So we had like a lot of trouble finding a really great space that would take us on as a small business and hair yeah. form. We had to fight a lot of those things. And so we wanted to make sure that that was all secure before we were making announcements. And then once it was, it was like, yes, let's tell the world, let's bring the clients for the journey. Let's show them like the behind the scenes of renovations and all of it. Like it's exciting and people want to be a part of it. Um, and so, oh, we for sure. to, you know, as much as our team, we have, um, you know, some of our team likes to get involved in the decorating and designing and those kinds of things. And so if they want to be a part of it, we're like, yes, like, be, come on. Uh, I love that, man. The energy that you have as a salon owner and just hearing the way you talk about your stylists and how much you care about them. And like, just, it's really cool. It's really cool to see. I mean, I know I've known you for a while now and I've always been a huge fan of you, um, but just seeing the type of owner that you are and the type of the way that you lead your team is huge and really cool. And so I'm glad that you exist in the world and that some people, 45 people who work under you, they're very lucky to work under you. And I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. One last question. What would you give like overall number one advice? Somebody's wanting to expand. What would be your number one advice to them? You know, I would say that numbers don't have feelings. So run the numbers, um, look at it a different way and then get an outside perspective to look at it in even another way. Um, because numbers don't have feelings, but they can create feelings. <laughs> so it's really important to know those things because um, I think that our industry is doing a disservice if we're, if we're expanding at the expense of our profit and lifestyle. And so that's hmm. not the intention. Um, so, you know, look at the numbers, get advice. That's awesome. And check your ego. <laughs> yeah. Ask yourself why, why do you really want to expand? Is it really the right time? Um, I love that. Thank you so much, Danielle. This has been, I, I've learned so much. Um, and I always love hanging out with you. So thank you for sharing your insight with the world. Um, and I can't wait to have you on next time. There's every time we hang out, I'm like, Oh, we could talk about that next time and that next time. So I'm excited. I'm actually having Elise, um, one of Danielle's shareholders on, um, next week, she'll be on the podcast talking about their associate program. So stick around, listen to that. Cause I'm excited. If she has the same passion and excitement about your team as as you do, then it's going to be a lot of fun. So keep a lookout for that one. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Profitable Salon Podcast. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Kayla, so much. You've been listening to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and check us out at ProfitableSalon.com for more episodes, content, and to help you turn your salon into the business you've always dreamt of.